Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked. The bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. Moses said, What's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? God saw that he had stopped to look. God called to him from out of the bush. Moses, Moses. He said, yes, I'm right here. God said, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet. You're standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. God said, I've taken a good, long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters. I know all about their pain. And now I have come down to help them, pry them loose from the grip of Egypt, get them out of that country, and bring them to a good land with wide open spaces, a land lush with milk and honey, the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. The Israelite cry for help has come to me, and I've seen for myself how cruelly they're being treated by the Egyptians. It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses answered God, But why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? I'll be with you, God said, and this will be the proof that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God right here at this very mountain. Then Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the people of Israel and I tell them, The God of your fathers sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What do I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Tell the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. In the midst of God delivering those people that were in such harsh bondage that they got themselves into, I might add, God would teach not only uh, a man, but he would teach a whole nation of people about his character and about his his nature. I have no problem at all saying this of myself, but I say this about everybody in this room. I say this about everybody that pretty much is in a church all over the world, except for maybe a, a very small, small, small minority of people. And that is that we really don't understand the love and the nature of God. We don't understand that. We know what we consider to be a lot about God. After all, we go to his house once a week. We read his word. We give to him. We worship him in song. But we really... When you get down to the heart of God, He's so vast, 
so so big of a God, we just we don't understand him. There's no way to understand him really to his fullest ability. There's there's uh, there's no way for my mind and our mind to to understand the true love of God and the nature of God. We can even quote John 3:16 for God so loved the world and even if we go back to the Passion of Christ, the movie, and we see how Jesus was brutally beaten and put on that cross and all that he went through, we look at that as a depth and a measure of love, but sometimes we don't even do that. We, we don't realize that God didn't spell love, that God didn't say love. God showed love. He showed love in a way me and you I mean, even when we fast at the beginning of the year and that feels somewhat painful and you get a headache and all that and even if you've been one of those that have thrown up before, still, that is nowhere even in the same realm of comparison. So we really don't know the love of God nor His nature and so what God was going to do, these people knew bondage. People in this room, you know bondage. Those people not only knew bondage, but they knew affliction. Many of us know affliction in some form of another. Amen? We know affliction. These people knew what it meant to be ran down by somebody else Anybody know what it means to run down by somebody else? Okay, put your hand up. Okay. They knew what it meant to be ostracized for who they were. They knew all of this, and God says, okay, we're going to stop this. But in the process of stopping this, I need to show you something about me that I'm not just tired of it and fed up with you complaining, and this is why I'm going to stop it. So God was ready and he said bondage is over with and so in doing all of this he would send Moses who was getting acquainted with God he was sending Moses and I'm leaving out a lot of the story but you heard kind of the, the cliff notes he was sending Moses that didn't feel qualified to speak and all that to give a word from God to the king who was causing all this uh, trouble. And so Moses was somewhat nervous, or, or, or so it seems anyway. He was nervous and, oh, I'm going before Pharaoh and he's already got all this going on with all these people and they're in all this kind of bondage and they're being beaten. And, and I just don't, know how he's going to uh, receive me. After all, I mean, he may dig in my past and see where I used to live and how I took off and what I've done. See, he started with the worry syndrome. And so he thought maybe that he might challenge God on this or maybe he just wanted to know. He says, well, my God told him, who should I tell him? Sit me. 
what should I say? What if they ask me what your name is? And he said this. He said, I am. I don't know if Moses just did what I did. But God said, I am. We might find out later in heaven. I mean, did you hear me? God, what if they ask me what your name is? What what, what I tell I am. That I am. And he said, you just tell not only the king, but you tell the whole tribe, the children of Israel. You tell them. I am hath sent me. That's what you say. Not John, not Reuben, not Snoop Dogg, not Herod, not Pharaoh, not Gabriel, not Michael. God just said, I am. That I am. And you tell everybody, I am is the one that sent me. I am. I am, when God said, you tell them I am, sent you. It's the same thing as God saying that I am self-sufficient, I'm all-sufficient. He's an all-sufficient God, by the way, if you haven't found that out. He's self-sufficient. I am. He's I am in everything. He's I am over all things. There is not one thing you can tell me about in your life or in your mind or in this world That he is not I am. He's not self-sufficient. And that he's not all-sufficient. It's really simple. If you've got needs, it's the same thing as God saying when you say, I wonder if somebody can meet my needs. He just says what he said a long time ago. I am. I am. I wonder if somebody can save my children. You prayed over them. And he just says, I am. I wonder if somebody can heal my home. And he says, I am. That? Hallelujah. I am. I wonder if I'll finally be able to get a good night's rest. And he just says, I am. That, that, good night's rest, I am. You see, he don't need anybody to help him because I am is self-sufficient. He's not running out of 
anything that you represent because He's all sufficient. Hallelujah. You know, between the Holy Ghost and my voice, I really, really, really am just having a good time today. So, praise God. Whatever you are, whatever they have been to you, whatever it seems like is coming down on you, whatever you are walking through right now and you feel alone and you say, is anybody here with me? He's still saying today, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. You see, we've got to understand church. We get caught up in everything. I'll even say we get caught up in end times, news, and signs, and it's good to be caught up in that and informed. We get disturbed about what's going on, everything from food shortages to gas prices to wars and rumors of wars. We've been warned about these things, famines, pestilence. We get all worked up even as believers, and we forget the nature of our God. See, you are not just a person that's been saved and you've got a stamp on you that says you're going to go to heaven when you die. I want to remind us all again that you are a child of the great I am and you are a child right now this morning in this church with what you are, with the way you are, and you need to be reminded today that God is never very far at all from us because He is I Am. I Am is the one that won't leave you, nor will He forsake you. That's the love of God. At the same time, while it's equally the nature of God. He's the I am of your world. He's the I am of your life. He's the I am of your frustration. He's the I am. This is why the Bible tells us, looking unto God, That's my job. That's your job. But here goes the I am part of the rest of that passage. Looking unto God. The author and the finisher of our faith. That's I am. He's self-sufficient. He's all-sufficient. And you need to know that today. If you've never prayed or you haven't prayed lately, you haven't used the words of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer, you need to get used to that. I've already covered that in the past week. But you also need to go before Him personally and you need to address Him like a son. I am wants to hear you address Him and call Him Abba, Father. What does that mean? preacher. It just means 
You're saying daddy. And this is why he's I am. Daddy. I got a phone call. My life's been changed. if I can get out of this. Abba Father, is it going to change? Is it going to get better? And you know what he's saying? Words that don't make sense to people, but his youngins hear him say, I am. His youngins hear him say, that's the same thing as what you're used to saying. Baby, come here. It's going to be all right. Let me hold you. I'll fix it. You got to understand the nature of God. You see, it's not good enough just for Him to sweep you out of bondage or get you out of affliction. He wants you to know Him as I am. He wants you to know Him in a way maybe you've never known Him as a believer. By 6.30 this morning, I know it sounds like that I own so is this, but then all of a sudden, her grandson, our grandson walks up in the conversation that he heard the children talking about, and he just says, my daddy's Tyler Wright. And that was sweet and cute when she told me about it Friday. But this morning, getting off on that uh, uh, exit ramp, the Lord says, that is not a bit different than what should be in your mind and off your, my daddy's I am. My daddy's I am. My daddy's I am. I don't care how devastating it is or how good it is. I ought to be going around and the world needs to hear me say, my daddy's I am. Because everybody needs I am. I can tell you that. Everybody needs I am. And today... There's nobody in here. Nobody watching. That God can't do that for you. I would apologize, but you're tired of that. He approaches throne. This was way before then. And back then, God wanted His children to know Him on an I am basis. And so, He had to do what He had to do. That's why I told Moses. You need to tell them I am, that I am. I am has sent me. They'll get the message sooner or later. And so God had to make known to, to him so he could make known to them. This was necessary for them to understand who God was so that they could be prepared for deliverance. I can't go through all ten plagues but see, they had to accept who God was because by the time ten plagues would be up, 
I am would tell them to stand on the bank of the Red Sea as it was parted open. And they needed to be at a level of trust with I am that when he says walk through this wall of water on dry ground that there was enough intimacy that had already happened between them and God. They wouldn't ask questions. Is the water going to fall on us? Is the water going to crush us? Is the water going to drown? They had to be in a place. They had to be in a place of preparation of trust with God to be able to walk to get delivered fully, completely out of bondage. And when me and you get to the place where we are intimate with I am and we understand he loves us even when it feels like he's spanking us or he hasn't come through or he's taken somebody or something dear to us or he hasn't even responded to us, we need to understand that it might be that's the moment in our life when he is preparing us to to deliver us through a way that we won't question him when it happens, church. Because his ways will always be higher because that's the way I am. Is. He said, I am of my battles. Jeremiah 32, he said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? He's the I am. He's my shield. But he's also the almighty one. Genesis 28, he's the I am that is with thee. He's also the I am of my bruises. You see in Exodus 15 and 26, he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. But he's the, all, he's the, he's the God and he's the I am of my body. You see, he cares about that. He said, I'm the Lord that doth sanctify thee. He said, also that I am the Lord your God, I am holy. He cares about how I live. He's also the I am of my bondage. He said, I am the Lord thy God that has brought thee. I've brought thee out of the land of the Chaldeans, out of the house of bondage. He cares about me enough to bring me out of situations. But he's also the I am that brought me out so I could inherit what God has prepared for me. Song of Solomon says he's not just any I am, but he, he said I am the rose of Sharon and I am the lily of the valley but he's also the I am that's in the midst of the earth he's also the I am that is the first and the last and there is no God he said in Isaiah 44 but me he's the I am that maketh all things but he is also the I am that stands alone by himself. He's not competing with any other gods you know of, you hear of. He's by himself. He's in a league all his own. He's in a world that he made all his own. And he is God and there is none else. But he's also the I am, the Lord, that those that trust in him. He said, if, if you believe in me as I am, you won't be ashamed if you wait for me. He also is the I am that wants to deliver you. He's 
merciful, he said in Jeremiah 3. He says, I am married to you. He says, also, I am a father to you. So if you feel fatherless, if you feel like you don't have nobody, he's also those that don't have a daddy. He can go to you because he said, I am a father to the fatherless. He also said in Ezekiel 36, 9, he says, I am for you. The world is against you. But he is for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through with. You need to know today that I am is for you and your house. And God will not let you be put to shame. He won't do it. And this is what happens. I want to read this whole verse because the Lord has pricked me on Ezekiel 36. Verse 9. He says, I am for you, but the rest of that says, and I will turn unto you, and ye shall be tilled and sown. He was telling his people, you've been mistreated. Others have taken ownership of you. Other things have consumed you. He says, but don't you get frustrated. Don't you get upset. It seems like everybody that comes in your path, everybody that comes in your life, it seems like they or it is against you. He said, but I want you to know today I am for you. And I will turn unto you again. And I'm going to tell you and... You can be sown and you will be sown. So this is what the Spirit of the Lord has been just dealing with me about this passage this week in the middle of all the times He is. You've got to know today in this house that God is for you. Don't size God up by results you get from living in a sin-filled world. Don't do that to Him. He's better to you than what the world will lead you to believe. When he was trying to tell his children, I am for you, he wanted them to know not only was he for them, but it's been taken from you long enough. You've been owned. You've been manipulated long enough. And I am for you. And I'm about to take you. And I'm about to till you up. And I'm about to sow some fresh seed inside of you. You hadn't been producing in a long time. But I am. The God, the only God that's for you. And not only am I going to be for you, I'm going to get you to a place where you can produce again, where you can see life, where you can see abundance again, where you can see me working in your life in areas that seem to be depleted and dead. I am that kind of God that's for you. But you've got to let me be that God because I am the only one that can do it. I'm the only one in your life that is self-sufficient and all-sufficient because I am. That's what he said. He also said in the 44th chapter of Ezekiel, he said, I am their inheritance, but I'm also their possession. I am so glad to know that when I go to heaven, it ain't going to be bankrupt. It's not going to be empty. It's not going to be stolen. 
I am glad to know that way before I get to heaven right now. He is my reward. He's my inheritance. He's my possession. I have him right now because it's in him that I live and I move and I have my being. It's in him and I have him right now and I bless his holy name. Malachi said in the first chapter, he says, I am a great king. He also said, I am the Lord and I change not. Matthew said when you get over to the New Testament, he said, I'm the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac, you just heard it. And the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but he's the God of the living. There is no way you can be blood bought. You can be a child of God, the loving God we're talking about, and not be living some kind of way that shows there's a living Breathing, I am God inside of you. You can't do it. If you're not that kind of saved, you got to get that kind of saved because there's not a dead God salvation. There's only one kind of salvation, and that's the God of the living. For all live unto him is what the Bible teaches us, church. All live. We all don't watch. We all don't rot. We all don't think. We all live unto him is what he said. John 10 said, I am the door of the sheep. He also said, I am the good shepherd. He said he's not just that, but he said he is also, I am the resurrection and the life. He's the God of my salvation. He's the I am of my salvation. He said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. I'm the light of the world. I'm also, hallelujah, the Lord, and there is no other Savior. He said, I'm the Alpha, and I'm the Omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I'm also the Almighty God is what he said. I'm the true vine, and my Father, he's the I am. He's the husbandman. And he also said in Revelation 22, he said, I am thy fellow, fellow servant. So see, I told the folks, I think uh, you or Wednesday night a week or two ago, you're never working by yourself. I am's with you. You're not by yourself. No matter what you do, where you go, you're not by yourself. I am is with you. And I am wants to not only be with you in ways that you do know about, when you understand the nature and the love of I am for you, you will walk around with the attitude and the assurance and the mentality when people ask you about stuff you don't even have time to pray about. You can just say, my daddy's taking care of it. My daddy's got it. See, I'm a hush, but you, you got to go back to the basics, church. Your daddy? Your daddy? Oh, yeah, Abba, Father, my daddy. He can do all that. Yeah. He's got the whole world in his hand. He got the whole world. He can do it all, church. He is it all. Whatever you have, whatever you need, whatever you're worried about. I can't cry no more because I'm out of good Kleenex and you can't have that part of me. But it doesn't matter. You can keep reminding God of what you did. 
You can keep reminding God of what you've suffered through. You can keep reacquainting God with facts that you think He's forgot about. He hadn't forgot about it, church, because I am been there, you see. You didn't see Him. You didn't even sense Him. It might have been because you're too hurt or too upset. But He didn't go anywhere, you see. How, how do you know? Preacher, because I see you sitting in this building today, and if I have, had not have been a part of it, you, you would not be alive and you wouldn't be in this church today. So I can stand by everything I've preached today because you are a witness to your own self. Would you stand with me this morning? You see what it all boils down to, church? As Satan has tried to tell you, this bondage is for certain, is for sure, is forever. And everybody has a different type of bondage in here. Everybody has a different level of worry. Everybody has a different type of stress. Everybody's got a different situation. But everybody that belongs to Almighty God is what I am. That handles everything. You need to stop looking at him as just a judge that's going to be in heaven one day with a lot of hair. It's draped down the side of a throne. What's people going to do if God's bald or crew cut? You need to quit looking at God in ways that you look at God. You see, here's the deal. I know we focus on Jesus, that is. We can't get to God except for through Jesus. But you need to understand this. If God was good, God didn't love you, you would not have a chance at Jesus. So church, God loves you. God wants you. And God wants you to let him be God. Let him be true and let every man and everything else be a lie. Let God be true today. This morning, there's people here online, people you represent, people you know. That you've never just spent time with I am. You spent time in church. You spent time at an altar. You spent time praying. You spent time crying. But you haven't spent time with I am God. Abba, Father. I want everybody that will and can, when you get to this altar today, I just want you to pray to Him and say, Daddy, you, got, you, you, you need to know Him. If you need to say Abba, Father, but then you call Him Daddy. Call him Pa. Whatever you got. It ain't being disrespectful. Whatever. Daddy, Daddy. Yeah, he knows. Abba Father, when you say that, then whatever you begin to pray to him about will be a lot sweeter to you because you'll feel like you, you are taking a skint knee to your daddy and he's putting a, a band-aid on it and kissing that boo-boo. That's what the children say. Father God, we come around this 
sweet altar you've allowed us to gather at. You are Abba, Father. You are our Daddy. You are Lord. You're not a principal that's standing off way down the hallway to see if we break any of the school rules. You've sent the Holy Ghost to convict us. You're the God that loved us. You hate sin, and God, we need to realize that. But you've never hated the sinner, Lord. You hate sin, and you proved that when you showed that through your son Jesus. So I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, God. Hallelujah, Lord, that we would allow you to be that personal I am. God, in anybody that has a situation or a scenario, Lord, a difficulty, a bondage, a land, anything. God, help us to be able to pray right now and declare and decree that I am is all sufficient and self-sufficient. Any person that's not a believer in this place or online, I want you to come to the middle of this altar. If you're online, I want you to pray. Father God, I'm a sinner. If the trumpet sounds and you call the bride through the trumpet, the shout, I will not go. I will not make it. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. Make me whiter than snow. I have violated your law. I've angered you. Wrath upon wrath is stored up for me as I understand it, God. And I ask you to heal me through washing me, through salvation. I ask you to cleanse me. It's not your will. I know that now that I should die and go to hell. So I repent. I give you my life. I denounce my ways, my way of living, my way of thinking. And you are the only true Lord and Savior. I embrace you and I will follow you. I will bathe my life in your word. Bible says if you pray it, if you say it, if you mean it, God will do it. Father God, I love you.